Hello everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Reddit Readings. Today we are on the subreddit r slash askreddit and listening to points that have been proved. Enjoy. Reddit Readings, episode 34. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. What was the furthest you've gone, just to prove your point? I struggled to get something I needed from another co-worker, cat design drawings, and it was taking months. I told him that I could go to night school and learn AutoCAD and do it myself in the time it would take him to get the drawings back to me. He said whatever. So I went to night class, learned AutoCAD, produced my own drawings, and cut him out of the equation. A few months later he was fired, I guess other employees were having the same difficulty. I threw a bottle into the recycling. Dickhead co-worker said, that particular bottle was trash and not recyclable. I was pissed, and was gonna prove his dumbass wrong. Contacted the manufacturer of the bottle who confirmed it was recyclable. Then looked up the plastic code on my recycling's county's website to confirm it was recyclable in our area. Printed both out stapled together and hung it on the wall next to the recycling can. Get fucked Philip. Got married. Had kids. I'm not gay dad. Had a buddy tell me he didn't have the time or resources to strength train and build muscle. So, I decided to see if I could build muscle doing fairly minimal effort over time. I built a pull-up bar for $10 and bought a couple of 10 pounds free weights. After 6 months of doing pull-ups, 10 to 16, per day and 50 curls every day I've built a good amount of upper body muscle on a budget and it only takes me about 5 minutes a day to do it. Didn't need a gym membership or GNC type garbage either. I also lost about 5% of my body fat because more muscle means a higher basal metabolic rate. The guy and I don't speak anymore. So I got fit to prove a point that I'll never get to prove. I stopped drinking tea for 15 years. I'm British, for context. When I was a kid, Saturday nights meant fish and chips in front of the TV with tea to wash it down. This incident happened when I was 12. I went for a second cup of tea and my sister went off at me for some reason. All you do is drink tea. You love tea too much. You already had a cup now you're having more. This led to an argument where I declared I wasn't particularly attached slash addicted to tea, I just liked it and wanted some more to wash my dinner down with. I bet you can't go off tea for a month, she said. I could go off tea for a year. No, 15 years, I replied. And from that moment on, a drop of tea did not touch my lips until I was 27. I called her triumphant when I had my tea. She didn't even remember me saying this when we were kids, apparently. But I had proved my point. My ex was making popcorn and went to push the popcorn button on the microwave. I told him that the button is bullshit and will burn the popcorn. He didn't believe me so we argued and finally I said just push the button and we'll see. So we wait and I can smell the popcorn burning but I don't stop the microwave because I'm so mad. 
it eventually stop, and he takes the bag out, there was a hole burnt into the bottom of the bag and the popcorn was very burnt. Then he got mad at me for not stopping the microwave. It took me forever to clean the microwave, but it was worth it. We broke up soon after. Years ago I told my wife I wanted to create a home media room in the basement, with a really big TV and premium sound system, etc. The whole works. Problem was the basement wasn't developed. She said sure, you can have that, but you have to develop the basement yourself. She knew full well I had exactly zero knowledge of anything to do with that, and was therefore smugly assuming I would give up on the idea. I did not. Instead, I spent the next 18 months of my life down in that basement every day after work and all weekend long. Framed it, wired it, ran the plumbing, hung the drywall, okay I did hire out the mudding and taping, put down the lino and the carpet, installed the cabinets, all the plumbing, all the painting, you name it. And I took my time, and did it right, so that when it was done it was close to the same quality, as if I had had it professionally developed. The home theater, which I bought, and had set up by a high-end retailer, was awesome. Naturally we moved, a year later. Though I assume you got more for the house, because of the finished basement and or you learned a lot of useful DIY, that could save you a fortune in the long run. I'm sure it helped with the home sale, for sure. As for DIY, here's what I learned, I hate that stuff. I finished it only to prove that I could do it, and do it, just as well as if I'd paid someone else. When I was done I sold all the tools, and never looked back. Since then I have happily hired contractors, to do every single piece of home improvement we've got involved with. As a teenager, I went to the movies. Movie ends, I called my mom, to come pick me up. My mom's young, comparatively, and pretty playful. I was standing outside the movie theater and she decided to drive really close to me to try and freak me out. One of my feet was sticking out further than the other and she drove over my foot. I opened the door and gave her the what for. She told me she couldn't have run my foot over because it would have been broken. I told her she absolutely did. And to prove that you can have your foot run over and not break, I stuck my foot under the wheel of the car and told her to run it over again. She did, my foot was fine, if a bit sore, considering. Quit my job after 11 years, to prove I did the work of 4 or 5 people, and that I deserved more money. Also in my last 2 weeks only did what was my job. Ever heard anything back from them? When I went back, to get my last pay stub, there were 5 people cooking, and the place was a disaster, at a time, where they would have had me on my own working. Had a couple issues with my Xbox. I forget what the second one was, but it had something to do with something that was dependent on connecting to Xbox Live. The first was, I could not connect to Xbox Live in the first place. So I called customer support. When I explained what was going on, the dude I was talking to immediately starts trying to solve the second problem. So I jumped in and said hey, sorry to interrupt, but don't you think we should be trying to figure out why I can't connect to Xbox Live first? He completely dismissed me and let me knew he knew what he was doing. I knew it would have been much quicker if I corrected him, but I decided it would be fun to see how far this would go. So after 20 minutes of troubleshooting and not solving anything, he asked some question about what I was seeing on my screen. And I said my screen doesn't show those options. And he said that's not right, when you're connected to the internet, you should see those options. 
And I replied, I'm still not connected to the internet. There was a pause. You could hear it dawning on him as he asked, you're not connected to the internet. And I said, no. I told you that when we first started talking, I thought this was a weird way to problem solve. But I figured, since you're the professional, you'd know better what to do than me. He let out a long exhale, and you could just feel over the line him releasing frustration and anger. To his credit, he remained polite and professional the rest of the phone call, and when the call ended, my issues were fixed. This is a story of one of my friends, not mine. It had been a good 5 years since everyone started having smartphones instead of the old ones with the buttons. Two friends of mine were having a heated conversation, one of them owned a smartphone and the other one insisted on keeping his old traditional cell phone. The smartphone guy was listing all those things that smartphones provided, and we now take for granted, while the other guy pretty much repeated I only need it for phone calls and texts and it's much more durable. This went on for a good couple of hours, and when the second guy mentioned durability for the millionth time, the smartphone guy, red-faced, grabbed his Sony Xperia Play, the PlayStation phone, and threw it out of the open window yelling I'm tired of your bullshit, I bet it won't have a scratch. We all stood in silence for a full minute, and then we finally decided to go out and see what was left of the smartphone. The apartment was on the third floor. Miraculously, the smartphone wasn't even scratched, indeed, but as you can probably guess, when he pressed the power button, it just never booted. The back of the Final Fantasy 7 manual dared me to beat the game without a memory card, so I did. Ouch. How long did that take? About 17 hours, at a brisk but leisurely pace. In fact, I actually played more conservatively than I normally would, as getting a game over was not an option. Fighting safer Sephiroth at the end was suitably epic. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. This is a story my family tells all the time. I was 7, I think, and we were on our way home from a visit to the Badlands of South Dakota. We stopped at Wall Drug to gas up and grab snacks. When we got back into our camper van, I noticed that my younger brother, 5 years old, wasn't with us. No problem. I'll just tell mom and dad. But all of us kids had been utter shits the entire day, so they weren't listening to any of us. 
I was told to sit down, buckle up, and shut up. So I did. We got all the way to Sturgis, South Dakota. That's nearly 100 miles away. My mom turned around to ask if anyone needed to use the toilet. That's when she had her Kevin. Moment. His name is Bruce, but you get the point I'm sure. When they ask me why I didn't tell them my brother wasn't in the car, I patiently explained that they told me to shut up. So I did. Those were the days before cell phones, so my parents had to call Waldrug to ask if they'd found a 5-year-old boy. They had, and he was at some police station, I can't remember exactly where. He had actually started running out toward the highway when thankfully some adults saw him and dragged him back to the store, kicking and screaming, my brother was a scrappy little dude. So we went there to pick up my brother from the police. His trauma was minimal. They'd kept him happy with ice cream and even let him sit in a jail cell with bars and everything. I vaguely remember even being a little jealous of him. The totally unfair thing, though, was that my parents were more angry at me for not telling them than they were with him for wandering off. And worst of all, they didn't even consider it their own fault which I adamantly insisted was the case of course. So to answer the question, about 180 miles. That's the furthest I've gone just to prove a point. I kayaked a mile across open water to an island in the Great Lakes to get one rock. And now I can say I was an illegal immigrant to Canada for like 30 minutes. Not me, but my mother-in-law. Her husband passed away long before I was part of the family, and I would have loved to hear his side of this story, but anyways. He really didn't like eating healthy. I've been told the closest he got to eating fruit was gummy fruit snacks and vegetables. Forget about it. Well anyways, they adopted my husband and my brother-in-law, and mother-in-law really really started pushing him to eat greens and veggies. If you don't eat them, neither will the kids. You need to model healthy eating habits. He refused. This went on for months and months. They got into a big fight about it and he said, I'd sooner eat moldy green roadkill than spinach and broccoli. So the next night at dinner time, mother-in-law went out into their driveway where she had run over and killed a frog the previous day. She puts this squished dead frog on his plate, then serves it to him at dinner time. Okay, I see your point. I'll eat the salad. Moved into my dad's to prove how crazy my mom was making me. Best decision of my childhood. Right after college I was sharing a house with five close friends. There were four bathrooms, and I was sharing one with my boy Don. We agreed to always use our own stuff, to keep things simple. He usually got up earlier than me, and it seemed every time I got to the shower my bar of soap was wet. I asked him if he was using my soap and he denied. We had a few friendly arguments about it, where the soap was placed it wouldn't ever get under the stream of water and he would need to be standing at weird angles for any deflection or just doing it on purpose. This goes on for weeks, and he starts getting offended, and the discussion about it are no longer funny. I didn't care that much, but it was really messing with my head. Driving home from work one day I get the idea to just run the shower for a few minutes with no one in it to see. For some reason this made Don furious, not like we were going to fight or anything, and I took that as I was finally going to prove him guilty. Anyways, ran the shower for 5 minutes while prepping dinner come back and check and the soap is in fact wet. Sorry Don. I used to have a roommate who would make fun of me whenever we went out drinking because I was usually the first one to go to the bathroom and release my beer. 
he'd make comments like, you can't hold your beer and so on. This had never been an issue before, and before him, I had never met anyone who felt a need to associate bladder continence with masculinity. He was a football player in college, which might have had something to do with it. After putting up with this for several months, finally one night I decided I'd had enough. A bunch of us went out for beers, and I decided that tonight I simply was not going to urinate. Period. As the evening wore on, he started looking more and more uncomfortable. All night long I had my kegels in my butthole clenched so tight I could have cracked walnuts in my taint, but I wasn't going to let on to him. He asked me a couple of times, don't you have to go to the bathroom? But I just smiled and said, no, I'm fine. Finally, we all finished up and headed home. The apartment he and I shared had two bathrooms. You know that urge to go you get when you open the front door, when you get home. He turned the key, burst through the door and literally sprinted for one of the bathrooms. I couldn't help but laugh. I casually strolled to the other bathroom, unzipped, and had the longest release of my life. I felt like a balloon deflating. I'm still conflicted about the incident. But he never asked me about my bladder ever again. You're not getting this bottle of milk until you stop screaming. 74 minutes. Never ever underestimate the appetite for conflict of a 2 year old. I was 21 and at a club and told my friend I could dance better than the go-go dancers. Got a phone number to call from a bouncer and told someone named Barbie I wanted to audition. 8 months later, I was about to graduate for college and I got an email saying they were holding auditions. Fuck it, I've committed to the bit this far, so I go to the auditions and completely bomb it. I'm only good at dancing to songs I actually like, and the boots they dance in are heavy as fuck. I have a lot of respect for professional dancers. My point was that my mother-in-law hates me and treats me like shit and will never stop. It wasn't something that went both ways. It was her who had it in for me. I disliked her back, but it was for that reason. I wouldn't have hated her if she treated me decently. So, one day she lost in on me, and I did not say anything remotely mean to her. I kept telling her calmly that she was hurting my feelings. She said to me, I don't see how anybody could possibly be happy being married to you. I repeated that back to her at least a dozen times, telling her it was hurtful. This was to demonstrate that she never apologized to me no matter how cruel, but also to solidify it in everybody's head. It wouldn't disappear into the memory hole that she said that. She wouldn't be able to say later that she meant something else because I gave her a dozen opportunities to clarify or step it back on the day and she insisted it was exactly how she felt. I endured 3 hours of her attacking me and never once said anything mean about her. I only told her how hurtful she was being each time she shrugged and said, so. I proved my point and then some. I don't ever have to see her again. No guilt trips, no attempts to tell me it takes two to tango. It's her. She's the one with the issue and she will never not have an issue with me. My husband hardly sees her anymore which is unfortunate, but I didn't make her do anything. I never asked him to stop seeing her. I just gave her all the rope she needed. And now he's kind of disgusted by her. My stepmom is an anti-vaxx and essential oil enthusiast. She constantly complains about us spending too much money, particularly me with video games and my sister who gets her nails done frequently. In the living room, there's a shelf in the back with dozens upon dozens of bottles of deterra essential oils. 
When home alone, I wrote down the name of each and every single oil she owned in the size. I then went on their website and calculated how much she has spent on oils. Most were $50, $70 signage and some were up to $300 a vial. I ended up calculating $5,500 spent on oils. I also pulled up an article talking about how none of these oils are FDA approved and none of them have any evidence of being medicinal. I also found a lawsuit launched on an e-oil company for falsely advertising the oils as medical and cancer curing. So what was that about my spending habits, bitch? Thank you for listening to Reddit Readings, episode 34. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and leaving a rating. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.